If I didn't, I would have to go real fast tonight. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so good. So tonight, before we move into the, the final of the ten spiritual disciplines, which is perseverance, which makes sense that that would be last, right? Uh, we're going to review the first nine. And I want to do this a little differently tonight. I'm not going to use any slides, so I think that thing will time out maybe. But don't let that distract you. Um, we're not going to use any slides. And so the approach that I'd like like to take tonight, we have the microphone over here. <clears throat> and I'm going to read a little paragraph kind of summarizing uh, what what we studied uh, as we covered each of the disciplines. Hello, George Hamrick. Good to see you, brother. Uh, and uh, well, it's good to see all of you, but I just hadn't seen George in a while. So, you know. um, And so I'm going to read the little paragraph uh, on the first discipline. And then we've got the microphone there. And, you know, uh, we want to focus on the scriptures tonight relevant to each of the disciplines, right? And I know that we, we all are about the work and the business of hiding God's word in our heart that we might not sin against him. Um, and so what I want to do is I want to know from you, right, uh, relevant to, for example, the first discipline we'll talk about is intimacy, relevant to the discipline of intimacy in us and our relationship with God. What are the scriptures that give you strength and support and motivation? Uh, what scriptures, what is it from God's word that you draw upon for strength when, when you want to work on the discipline of intimacy with God, right? And so we've got the microphone, we'll go around the room, and, and let me tell you what is okay, because I do it up here in front of you, right? <clears throat> um, I can remember a whole lot of scriptures. I can't always remember exactly where they're at. I can't remember. I, can, I might be able to remember what book they're in, but maybe not the chapter and verse, or I might have part of that. Uh, and the way it works for me is I'm very familiar with my Bible, and, and it's like it's going to be about this far through and right down there. There it is. That, you know, <clears throat> that, that's the part that works best for me. You're probably the same way. So it's okay if uh, you have to Google uh, you know, just you, I think you type in part of the the scripture uh, that you that you know, and then your computer and your phone will tell you where it's at. You know, it's pretty cool how that works. Uh, or or you can say I can't remember where it's at, but the Bible somewhere says Thy word I've hidden in my heart that I might not sin against Thee. And then somebody close to you will say That's Psalms one nineteen eleven. You know, and they'll remind you where it's at, or we'll find it together. But let's do that. Uh, but I want to hear from God's word on each of the disciplines. So with that understanding, oh, uh, and uh, <clears throat> um, I, I do want to mention, after the class that I taught two weeks ago, um, and, and I had said in that class, uh, so any time that I talk to one of you about the lesson, after the lesson, then I'll probably come back and share that with everyone. Uh, and I had made the comment that I was talking about us getting along and loving one another, uh, and I had said, if we can't learn how to love one another here and get along here, then how are we going to do that for all of eternity together in heaven? And I was reminded that in heaven, that's not going to be an issue. Uh, that won't be a concern. Uh, and I can't disagree with that, right? And uh, and I'm glad it's that way because I don't know about you, but sometimes, I'm, and this is self-disclosure, you could use this against me later if you want to, right? But uh, that thing called 
um, free moral agency where God lets us decide, right? Sometimes that frustrates me. when, Whenever I make a bad decision, whenever I do something that was not the right thing to do, or especially when I say something that was not the right thing to say, um, then I'm like, why? Free moral agency, you know? But then again, I'm so thankful for free moral agency because, uh, I, you know, I... Uh, I love God by choice. And try to think about all the good decisions that you make. And the longer you practice your Christianity, the longer you practice walking in the light on that narrow path and, and being with your family in Christ uh, and with that fellowship, the, the longer you do that, the better you are at it. Uh, and you make more and more good decisions and say good and right things. And, and thank God that that we choose those decisions uh, when we're when we're right. So you you know what I'm talking about. So um, and I want to thank Tony for stepping in on like a moment's notice. Uh, I sent an email and uh, apparently he was uh, down south somewhere enjoying some vacation stuff. And uh, you're a better man than I am because I don't look at my email when I'm in that situation. <laughs> and. Uh, uh, and so he replied back and said he'd jump in for me and then taught the class on uh, the tongue. And I, I enjoyed and appreciated that lesson very much, too. You know, when the Pharisees, uh, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees or whoever were criticizing Jesus' disciples for uh, not ceremonially cleaning their hands when they were eating, he said, they, look at them, they're eating without cleaning their hands. Why do they do that? You know, and he talked about uh, love for the parents uh, uh, and, and then he said, uh, uh, it's not what a man puts into his mouth that defiles him, but what is it? What defiles a man? That what, that every word that comes out of his mouth, the, the, that which comes out of his mouth is what defiles a man, not what goes into his mouth. And he explains that, you know, when you put things into your mouth, they go into the stomach and then they're passed through the body and they become waste. But the things that come out of the mouth come from where? The heart, right? Yeah. So, and we've talked about this before too. You know, I have attitudes, um, and I have, uh, and when my attitudes come from my brain out, out of my mouth, then they, they're opinions that I've expressed, and, and so they're not, they're not always good and right. Uh, and, um, and we say things that we shouldn't have. Uh, and then the realization that that came from the heart causes us to take a look at that old heart, doesn't it? It's like, what is going on in there? What is in my heart that, that, that caused me, or uh, cause isn't the right word, your, your, your free moral agency is what caused you. You chose to, to say the thing, to react in anger that way. Remember uh, James... 119, we're told that man's anger does not accomplish God's will, right? And a lot of times anger is our excuse for some of the things that we say. Uh, but yeah, so the, it's the heart, and we examine the heart, and we remember that we're told, examine yourselves to see if you're in the faith. And so when something comes out of your mouth that shouldn't have, something comes out of my mouth that shouldn't have, then I've got to be looking at my heart and 
take that dark spot out and replace it with something good because that's how repentance works, right? So, first of all, intimacy. So I'll read the little paragraph on intimacy just to kind of jog our memories from what we studied when we covered that one. Then I want to hear from you what scriptures you have in mind that give you strength uh, and motivation and encouragement with regard to intimacy. Intimacy is a conscious drawing nearer to God by conforming our lives to his will and way. In the pursuit of godliness, we are continually drawing nearer to him as an ongoing action. All right. So I want to hear from you. What scriptures come to mind or passages of scripture or Situations from what events? I don't like to say stories because that makes makes it sound fictional. So, what events from Scripture, Tracy? The entire Psalm of the Lord is my shepherd. I think it's twenty three. Is that what Psalm twenty three? Yeah, yeah, twenty third. Um, especially, you know, for I mean, you happen to be asking this on this day at this time in my life, and that's something that's close to my heart right now. Studying, you know, sort of feeling. You know, as you as you get older and lose family members and start to feel alone in the world, and then you realize, but then and and so this has been a huge, huge comfort through for through losing people, and um, knowing that I'm never, ever, ever alone. And all of those little ways in which all of those examples he gives, in which and how he knows us, and how he is never there, like you know, and and how he loves the sheep. And then I started studying about sheep a little bit and shepherd to the sheep relationship. So that one's been very inspiring and made me feel very, very close to him. Thank you. Right. Colossians chapter three is a good one for the whole chapter. It's a really good guide both what to do, what not to do, and a reminder that you're chosen from God. Okay. Let's pause there for just a moment. And, yes, I agree, brother. Uh, Matter of fact, I think that I've quoted from uh, the third chapter of Colossians recently in a lesson, uh, or a focus or something. The 23rd Psalm that Tracy referenced, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. (laughs) Yep. All right, and... uh, Thank you for that. Mike uh, and Colossians uh, 3, the whole thing, but uh, I'll just start at verse 12. Therefore, as the elect of God, uh, I think that denotes intimacy, the elect of God. He wrote to the church in Coloss, or Colossae, I'm not sure, the Colossians. Holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. That kind of takes care of the saying things that we shouldn't, right? 
to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Okay. Intimacy with God. So, who is love? To the world, that question doesn't even make sense. Who is love? God is love, right? Right. And who became the perfect example of love for all time? Jesus. By going to that cross for us. By taking on the form of man. By dwelling among us and then going to that cross for us. Okay, anyone else? Scriptures on intimacy court? Court down here. Well, I just think of a something that's intimate. It's like uh, what's written in Luke, uh, what is it? 15, 21 through 24, the prodigal son, because we really get an intimate look at God as a father, and it pictures us as the son who strayed and came back. And I'm sure there's some people in this room have approached God in this way many times. Uh, when we sin, you know, we He doesn't keep us at arm's length. He's there to welcome us back and uh, lavish this grace upon us that's uh, incredible. That, that to me is very intimate to me. Excellent example. When you think about that example of the prodigal son, his father saw him afar off and received him that way, right? Um, when you read that passage, it's equally important to notice what's not there as it is what is there. His father, what kind of demands did his father make of him when he saw him afar off before he received him that way? None. He received him while he was still afar off. He didn't subject him to any rituals of humility. Uh, He didn't feel like his son needed to be subjected to public disgrace. He saw him afar off, and he welcomed him. Excellent example. That's intimacy with God. So next we'll talk about simplicity. Oh, go ahead, James. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, I was going to say um, Psalms 139, and, and for the New Testament, John 14. Psalm 139. There's no getting away from him. And uh, uh, it's kind of a long chapter, but I'll just start in verse 13 if that's okay. For you formed my inward parts. Yeah, 139. You formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. It kind of destroys the whole pro-choice argument. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet informed, uninformed. And in your book... 
they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. So, God knows. Tony? Um, I like to join Psalm 73 and Psalm 19 together because they both speak of uh, our earthly trials, but then they remind you quickly to view life constantly from heaven's uh, vantage point, and it clarifies things for us. So Psalm 19 you know, directs us to the heavens, uh, the sun, the moon, the stars, and then talks about God being perfect. And then Psalm 73, Asaph um, almost slipped looking at the wicked prosper, but it was when he got a look at life from heaven, from God's throne room, that he changed his attitude and held fast to God. So during one of Tony's lessons, I made some notes by Psalm 73 and 16 where it says, When I thought how to understand this, it was too painful for me until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their end. Okay. All right. So um, thank you for that. I was a little nervous that wouldn't work out, so I had some scriptures written down just in case it ended up being all me, which, you know, not good. <laughs> I'm, uh, I don't know what my O2 set is up here right now, but it's not 100%. So uh, I'm a little bit like a fish out of water still. That's okay, though. I had a test. I'm negative. Well, six feet. Okay. Simplicity is the next discipline we studied. Getting rid of the things that hamper our relationship with God, both physical and spiritual. Oh, now we're talking about getting rid of things, right? Um, maybe sometimes we need a do-over. So we're buried in death with Christ when we're baptized. I don't know how many years ago that was for you. It was uh, October of 1988 for me. Baptized into Christ. And the first thing they taught me, in fact, before I was baptized is, hey, you're going to be putting some things aside as a deliberate act with permanent results, and you're going to die to the old self and arise to walk in a newness of life. There are going to be some things that, that will, won't be a part of your life anymore. There may be some people who won't be a part of your life anymore until you're ready to teach them. And uh, so we're getting rid of the things that hamper our relationship with God, physical and spiritual. Simplicity is constantly making room for God in our lives constantly making room for God in our lives that's simplicity so what scriptures do you go to for strength and support and encouragement Psalm Ecclesiastes took the uh, took my Bible and rearranged the books again there it is Haggai I need Haggai to be a little thicker so it's easier to find it's just like right there so Haggai chapter 1 verse 3 through 11 
We're talking about simplicity. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses and this temple to lie in ruins? Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. You have sown much and bring in little. You eat but do not have enough. You drink but are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves but no one is warm. And he who earns wages earns wages to put into a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. Go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. You looked for much, but indeed it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why? Says the Lord of hosts, because of my house that is in ruins, while every one of you runs to his own house. Therefore, the heavens above you withhold the dew and the earth withholds its fruit. For I called you for I called for a drought and the land and the mountains on the grain and the new wine and the oil and whatever the ground brings forth on men and livestock and on all the labor of your hands. So uh, they left God's temple in ruins. They stopped rebuilding the destroyed temple, but they were taking care of their own houses and living in fine houses and being selfish. So simplicity is making room for God in our lives. Um, and remember, this, this isn't a temple, uh, the building that we worship in or any building that is worshiped in. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So what part of selfishness am I putting on hold to build God's temple, the temple of the Holy Spirit? And then how do we do that? So something to think on. Danny? Yes, sir. Uh, Ecclesiastes 12, uh, 9 through 14. Sometimes we, in our wisdom of school learning, we complicate God's word. And it makes it very clear there, when it comes to God's word, there's one book that we need. And the instructions are very simple. Ecclesiastes 12? Yes, 9 through 14. Oh, okay. Where it concludes with the conclusion of the matter? Yes. Okay. And we're going to... Oh, you you read that as you closed our service uh, recently, I believe. Okay. This is an exercise in patience for those of you waiting for me to find that. And moreover, because the preacher was wise, he still taught the people knowledge. Yes, he pondered and sought out and set in order many proverbs. The preacher sought to find acceptable words, and what was written was upright, words of truth. The words of the wise are like goads, and the words of scholars are like well-driven nails given by one shepherd. And further, my son, be admonished by these. Of making many books there is no end, and much study is wearisome to the flesh. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. That'll make you stand up and listen. The conclusion of the whole matter. 
Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. Another version says, this is the whole duty of man. Fear God and keep his commandments. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. Okay. And we'll move into... Oh, yes ma'am, go ahead. I like a scripture in uh, Psalms 116.6. It says, the Lord preserves the simple. When I was brought low, he saved me. It just reminds you of just remaining humble before the Father and getting rid of all the complications in your life. And um, because we realize when things have been low, you know, it's almost like when you're, when things are great, you forget the Lord faster. <laughs> and then when he, when things are happening where you're low, you get to know him better and more. And so I love that scripture in 116. Very true. Thank you for that. And. Uh, a lot of you may not be aware, but I worked at the Brother Francis shelter for a little while. Uh, and uh, and so I, for the rest of my life, I'm sure I'll think about it. When, uh, when I come home from work and I'm tired, I get out of my car, I walk into my house, and I pet my dog and go into my kitchen, and I want a snack. Uh, so I get a yogurt and reach into the drawer and get a spoon, nice silver spoon. And it occurs to me that reaching into a drawer to get a spoon is not something everyone can do. Because a lot of people don't have a car or a house or a job or a dog or a kitchen or a drawer or a spoon or a fridge with yogurt or any of those things. Nothing. Just what you see right here and far less. So, excellent example. Thank you for that. So next we'll move into uh, talk about stillness and solitude. Making the time to be alone and quiet before God. Making the time. Remember, God doesn't want our spare time. He wants our precious time okay it is not stillness and solitude of the body it is stillness and solitude of the heart before the Lord Uh, and I'm going to start us off this one while you look up your scriptures in Habakkuk uh, which Tony taught from recently I need one of those Bibles with the little tabs in the, in the thing. I think we're almost there. Habakkuk chapter 2. <clears throat> so the prophet Habakkuk uh, expresses the heavy, the heavy weight on his shoulders, the burden that he carries. He asks for relief from the sins of his people. And then God announces that he's going to send the Chaldeans. Uh, the only way to uh, handle this situation appropriately is to bring in someone even more wicked and more terrible than them. Uh, 
and, and that's how God has chosen to deal with them. And then in uh, chapter 2 and verse 1, Habakkuk says, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. So the humility, his humbleness is amazing for an example to us. And the fact that at this point... Uh, he just stops and sits down and waits for God's answer. So it is not stillness and solitude of the body. It is stillness and solitude of the heart before the Lord. All right. And what scriptures do you go to for strength and encouragement, motivation regarding stillness and solitude? Please. For me, it's Matthew five, uh, Matthew 6, starting in verse 5, because it tells you how to pray. And for me, that's very important, because one of the things it tells you to do is to go in the room and close the door and pray to your father in secret. So that's my time to spend with him. And he tells you not to be babbling on and not to say all these many words, don't be a hypocrite. And he tells you how to pray. And so to me, that's very, very critical. Right. <clears throat> and which brings us back to giving God our precious time. And uh, uh, <clears throat> imagine being a father whose children won't talk to him um, or go a long period of time uh, when it's avoidable not talking with their father. I couldn't deal with that. I'm pretty sure I'd be on a plane pretty quick. Uh, are the Brumballs here? Yes, sir. Go ahead. Psalm 46.10. Therefore, we will not fear even though the earth be removed and Daddy, though the mountains be carried into the midst of the 46, sea. 4610. 4610, I'm sorry, I was reading two. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations, I will be exalted in the earth. Thank you. And then this takes us back to the 23rd Psalm. Uh, that Tracy mentioned before too, right? He maketh me uh, lie down uh, in green pastures. Uh, I like I like how that's expressed there because uh, sometimes we're too busy for our own good, and somebody needs to make us lay down. Uh, and and I, I my kids grew up hearing if you don't give your body rest, it will take it from you. So if you don't if you don't give your body rest, if you run a hundred miles an hour and drink the energy drinks and and have sleep four hours a night like Larry King and whatever, uh, <laughs> that's going to catch up to you. And uh, you're not giving your body the rest it needs, so it's going to take it from you in a bad way. So um, we need to give God our precious time. So we'll talk about surrender, <clears throat> learning to let go and let God. 
Let go and let God lead your life. The more we surrender our fears, plans, sorrows, people, and failures to God, the more He surprises and blesses us. <clears throat> and uh, for that one, I like First Peter chapter five. First uh, Peter chapter five, because you always hear that. Let go and let God. It became like a catchphrase uh, a number of years ago. People walking around, let go and let God. And I was like, what does that mean? Uh, I needed to have a Devo on that or something. I wasn't sure what, what they were getting at, you know. Uh, but it's explained for us in uh, uh, 1 Peter 5, and you look at verse 6 and 7. Therefore, humble yourselves. Well, that's the first step. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Here it is. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. How do you cast all your cares upon him? Like this, right? You pray. So that's how you let go and let God. You cast all your cares on him through prayer. Josh? Yeah, going from that to uh, also the... You know, focusing your direction that you were talking about. We're going in a hundred million different directions. I think of uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Uh, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Sometimes we need to find that uh, that time to have our our private, quiet time with God to realign our path with what he has planned for us and lean not on our own understanding. Right. Um, I think it was one of his favorite scriptures, though I don't recall hearing him say that. But Sam Harden was always saying, there was a way there is a way which seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of destruction. Uh, which I think, every time I think about Either of those two verses, they, they have to go together for me. You know, There is a way which seemeth right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of destruction. All right. Okay. Did you have it right there, Mike? Yeah, I do. Okay. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God and the peace of God which surpasses, surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus finally brethren whatever is true whatever is honorable whatever is right whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is of good repute if there's any excellence in anything in worthy of praise dwell on these things the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, patience, these, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Excellent. <clears throat> and uh, taking every thought captive for Christ, right? Take control of your very thoughts. The Bible tells us don't, don't, don't even think beyond what is written. But take every thought captive for Christ. So you'll find yourself uh, 
making corrections, even in your thoughts, when you find yourself thinking on the dark and the bad and the negative things. God doesn't want us to dwell on those things, so go to that passage, and it'll list for you there what you should be thinking about. All right. And then prayer, which we've been talking about throughout the disciplines, calling out to God, not for things, but for the knowledge of his will. The answer to this kind of prayer is what brings peace. Um, Read Daniel chapter 9 when you have time. Just read the whole thing. And then when you get to the parts where Daniel is praying, talking about prayer, focus intently on everything about it. What he's praying about, uh, he'll itemize lists of the order in which he prays, uh, and pay attention to that, and incorporate those instructions from Daniel chapter 9 into your own prayer life, and you will be blessed. What scriptures do you go to for strength? And, and we've got one more week, so we'll finish this part, this review next week, before we move into perseverance. All right. Here's one. Um, It's Isaiah 43. And here's verse 2. When thou passest, passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shall not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Excellent. Thank you. And uh, after you've read and studied Daniel chapter 9, go back and read Jesus' prayer in John chapter 17. And study that very intently. So, humility. The knowledge of what God has done for us produces gratitude, and this gratitude naturally leads us to humility. Humility is expressed by sitting on the urge to promote self, standing up on behalf of others, and bowing low before God. I'm going to leave you with that thought, and we're going to wrap it up with a prayer. uh, And come back ready with your scriptures on humility, self-control, and sacrifice. Next week. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we're thankful for this opportunity to come together as a family in the middle of the week to draw strength from your word, to study a portion of your word, to strengthen our hearts, to do your will, to serve you. Thank you for this fellowship, Father, and the love we have for one another as a family in Jesus. And thank you for his example, and thank you for the new commandment that we love one another as he loved us. And Father, may you find us loving you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength as you examine our hearts and that you find us, your children, loving one another with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Bless us, Father, uh, that we take this lesson with us throughout the week and that we'll bring others to you through your word. 
And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for your attention.